Welcome to the podcast channel of the East Bay Unity Intergroup of Overeaters Anonymous. The opinions expressed here are those of individual members and do not represent OA as a whole. For more information about our intergroup, please visit our website at eastbayoa.org. Hi, everybody. Yeah, I want to hear that applause. Hey, everybody. I'm, <laughs> thank you. Um, my name is Betsy, and I am a compulsive overeater and grateful member of this fellowship. Uh, thank you all. It's good to see familiar and, and some less familiar faces. I, uh, I, I was just asked to speak, uh, I think, I want to say Wednesday or Thursday. Uh, so I, I have a, the rough how it was uh, or what it was like, uh, what happened and uh, what it's like now. I'll try to roughly do that. So, um, and I guess if there was a theme, it's, it's, it's uh, this is a spiritual program and that it's a spiritual awakening that I count as my 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 the 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 benefit or the <laughs> the thing that has happened to me <laughs> um and um i'm incredibly grateful for that but this is a physical emotional and spiritual disease and i've i've got all have all three of them in my uh my bucket um so i um um, first began using food in, uh, for comfort, uh, late at night and, um, just to be able to be alone because as a young child, about eight, about nine years old, uh, I was living in a big house. My family, my sister, who I'd always been close to had gone off to puberty. Um, my parents were very busy. We were living in a foreign country and, you know, I became very angry at at them, <laughs> at my sister and my mother particularly. Um, but even before that was part of it, I was comforting myself with food, uh, and and became. Uh, by the time I was nine, I was considered chubby, and so those were the clothes that I was given. You know that my mother would order for me, and I didn't think anything of it, and they didn't think too much of it, but. Um, they it persisted uh the weight the weight gain um for my age you know uh was about 89 which doesn't sound like much to me but uh for a fifth grader that was considered you know and i bloomed early there was all of that but the truth is i really was a compulsive overeater i was stealing by the time we had moved back to the united states um you know i was like full bore i would lie, cheat, and steal to get extra food. Um, and I also had some other character defects that uh, was going on um, that I'll talk about a little bit later. Um, but let's just say I, I was a Girl Scout and I lied about my performance on badges. So somehow, even though I didn't think badly of myself, you know, I was stealing money to buy Girl Scout cookies instead of selling them. I was uh, so, so I was a chubby child who then became, you know, enmeshed around my parents' um, accurate fear that I would be stigmatized. And I don't come from an overeating type of family, although my parents smoke and drank socially. Um, 
but uh, I don't have that kind of history. So with, with my family members, so I feel like I'm just born in the bone, my particular genetic disposition um, and my emotional response to life as life came to me was uh, to take comfort in food and become a food addict as I later was able to really understand. So um, I, uh, I'll say that um, in, as a young adult, um, when I began to really kind of, um, I would say my peak weight was around 160, 165 in college and, and in high school, but I had dips and curves that came out of, you know, when I had a good friend, a best friend, when I wasn't, when my sister left home and I wasn't constantly arguing with her, I released weight, you know, it, but some of it was, you know, buying odd gadgets that made you sweat or, and some of it was helped by little pills that the doctor gave me. But otherwise I, I would say, oh, I hated diets, but the truth is I was, I was very self-conscious uh, about my, my body, even when I was just going through puberty, normal, you know, fairly today would be like a normal weight, but at 15, it was horrific. Um, but uh, let's see. So as a young adult, uh, I, 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 I fought my parents' criticism, but uh, I went and joined I remember doing a fat as a feminist issue women's group that was lovely and we spent two years meeting weekly and not once was any of us able to ever write down our food for the week and share it, it was like we couldn't we couldn't we couldn't do that with ourselves and um i experimented with different diets and whatnot um there is such stigma associated with overweight and i know it's still there in the world but i'm grateful that through OA, i work on my character and i work on my relationship with higher power and i work the steps to the best of my ability every day and that has changed my perspective on my my body my the pleasure it gives me and uh, the fact that uh, i'm aware other people might have opinions but that's their business and I don't have to carry that load, that load. I don't have to carry it. Thank God. So, um, uh, I, yes, ma'am. Yes, Ashley. Five minutes. Was that the first five minutes? Or am yes. I done? Okay. Okay. Thanks. Uh, the first time I ever told my story, my sponsor invited me to come and, uh, and uh, I talked for half an hour and I had gotten up to age 12. So at least I'm in my 20s now. <laughs> I'm a little better. So, so what happened? Well, I actually joined OA, uh, and I'm grateful, a, a, a woman from uh, LA who had a, a, a very normal and beautiful, you know, looking body, um, just was visiting and told me, that she had gone to an OA, she was so happy that there was a OA meeting down the street. This was here in Berkeley. So I moved to Berkeley in my early 30s to go to graduate school, part of my ambition, ambitions in the world. And, um, you know, she 12 stepped me. I know that now. So what a beautiful gift that was because at another time in my life, I wouldn't have been able to receive what she was telling me. Um, and so I started in a way um, in the late 80s, early 90s, and, and worked actively, you know, all the tools of the program to the best of my ability. 
But when I, um, and, and, and made amends to my parents, uh, released about uh, 45, 35, 45 pounds, used all the tools. Um, but when I went, when I, as I began to finish my degree, my training, and I took my first uh, full-time job, um, that, and I was commuting to San Jose, um, that became, you could say, that became my spiritual power, that became my program, was work. <laughs> And guess what? Uh, work, working long hours because I'm not the super, I'm not as good at some of the things I thought I would be. It take, took me longer to write reports, which was a lot of what I was doing. Um, I would eat cookies. I would eat tins of cookies. And, um, you know, and I stopped going to meetings because I was always commuting or working. Um, and the result was, though, and I was also discovering my first boyfriend, uh, not my first boyfriend, sorry, the man who became, I started dating again, or at least I found the person that I wanted to marry, and we, we moved in together and got married. And for all these reasons, you know, I was not involved in OA for probably five or six years beyond in a very occasional meeting, but uh, my body had not forgotten, and I was gaining 60 pounds. So I hit my peak in 2000. Eight, um, of about 265 bad blood pressure couldn't had bad feet and ankles you know, it was just just a mess um, and I'm really grateful that my mother said to me because she had stopped criticizing me but what you know what this is supposed to be what happened this time so let me just say <laughs> that it took from 2009 to 2016 before I really got this program before I really got step one and um, and thank God I finally got it. So what happened is that I had been going to one, two, maybe three meetings a week occasionally. Um, but, and I was certainly praying a lot, one, two, three, one, two, three, step one, two, three prayers. Um, and I, but I, I, I started to get desperate. You know, I, I was, my, my weight was cycling up and down. I had a big weight loss from that peak of 265, but I couldn't keep it off. So what happened in 2016, actually July 16th and 17th, 2016, so four years ago, um, is that I, in, on the evening of the 16th, I was, I was finishing up reading a great book of, I don't know if it's sanctioned literature or not, it's called Dr. Bob and the Good Old, the good old Timers. And it was just talking about how social everyone was and how much the early program was about people really hanging together. And that wasn't the way I was working the program. I was working it in isolation. I was afraid to pick up the phone. So I picked up the phone. So, so actually, I didn't pick up the phone till the next day. I got on my knees and I prayed. I prayed really, really, really hard. You know, I was like, I think flat on the floor. And I asked to be changed. And I said, I'm a compulsive eater words I had said before, but somehow all I know is, and I also said, I don't even care. I don't care about the weight. I don't care about my, I just want relief from the physical compulsions and the mental obsession that was afflicting me, you know, just ridiculously. So what happened is the next day I got up and I went to a meeting that I occasionally went to, but it was my second or third meeting of the week. Five minutes. And in that meeting, I gave service. In that meeting, someone needed a ride, and I gave them a ride home. In that, and I, yeah, I gave them a ride home. And I was abstinent that day. I did not need, I didn't have a big plan. I just 
didn't, I had three meals and I didn't, it was just freedom. Uh, and that continued, that continued, that continued. I continued, the, you know, when I was traveling, uh, I found my, my hostess was an OA member. I found a sponsor by going, just deciding at the last minute to go to a conference, the World Service Conference. And she had me work the steps in the big book very quickly. She apologized that it took all of a month. She said, normally it's, you know, a week, which is how the AA people did it. They didn't spend years, you know, going through the steps and I needed to move through them quickly. So um, since that four year period, what it's like now. So when, so I've had tremendous freedom and um, I have not gone back to my uh, binge food, which was like a five pound sack of stuff that I was eating my way through way too quickly. Um, what it's like. So giving service, I sponsored at the moment. I don't sponsor the COVID kind of my, my my last sponsee um, kind of lost her phone and hasn't been in touch and I need to actually go to her house. Um, what it's like today though, is when I wake up in the morning, I ask God that for, to be useful. And, um, and, uh, and, and that has meant learning how to say yes to things. Uh, in fact, in the first three years of my, um, my recovery, you know, this recovery, um, I said yes to so many things that I had been like, you know, yes to becoming a leader of an organization, um, saying yes to helping people uh, who, who were unhoused and, you know, people I had not been talking to. I said yes to a variety of things, but mostly I said yes to people in OA. And I said, yes, God, I am a compulsive overeater and I need to, and I now have the ability it's a blessing to say that to mean it and to lean into it and the compulsion for food will go away so i certainly still have food thoughts um i still am not able to quite structure somehow my day or plan well to have foods you know planned out ahead of time instead when mealtime comes i'm like what's the simplest thing i can put in me uh, that will fuel me. And I also share meals with my husband. And so I'm incredibly grateful for being able to do those things, to be satisfied with what's in my cupboard, to give service. I'll give an example today. Um, uh, a, a former sponsee of mine who had, had left OA, um, but had called me a few months ago, for some reason, just out of the blue, on my phone, her number pops up. Now, I have no memory of touching on her name or even looking her up, but it pops up and I, I made it go away because I was busy, it popped up again. And I'm like, all right, three times a charm, I'm going to call her. And so we had like, a, a, you know, we had a short conversation. And um, I, so I said yes to something that I was a little uneasy about because she, you know, I had disappointed her. Um, when she had transitioned out of OA. So that ability to both say yes, and also to accept, to accept, I, I don't, I accept that it's okay to say no, and to be able to accept when people make choices that, you know, make me feel sad or uncomfortable or guilty, I can, I can work with that. So I feel like I have just a whole different way of living.
that allows me to, as long as I keep that I am, when the, when the stuff, when the disease speaks to me, as long as I can and remember, which I am given that power to remember and to lean into being a compulsive reader, which means asking God to, to help me, to show me the next step in the moment of the day. That to me is what I call a spiritual awakening. And every time I practice that God response, including the willingness to let random chance kind of... <laughs> Uh, uh, show me, which to me is God kind of speaking, you know? So I am incredibly grateful to be asked to speak here. Thank you for listening. Um, I'd be glad to, I don't know, answer questions or, or just hear more of your stories, of course. So thank you all very much.